How many times I have heard the same line in counseling through the years over and over again. A young girl will sit in front of me who is uh, getting ready to marry an unsaved man. And uh, there's 101 reasons. Bottom line, she'll say when I get done tearing down every one of her reasons. Why it's, you know, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers and other. You just go through the scriptures and uh, she'll say, but preacher, I love him. And I just, nothing else matters, preacher. I love him. And then as I watch that thing play its way out, and she, they marry, and he does what he does. And she doesn't rescue him. She doesn't save him. She doesn't transform him. And he continues to be the way he was the first day they got married, really, without any false pretenses. And my heart goes out, and how many women, after being married like that for 20, 25, 30 years, have come to me and said, Preacher, preacher. I should have never married that man. I say, That's right. The Bible said didn't do it, but you did it anyway. I want to try to talk to you about how that happens. Some of you know that the music of today, the TV of today, everything is pointed at us. The gun is at our head, trying to convince us of a philosophy in every form of media. Uh, have you ever heard the words, how can it be wrong if it feels so right? You may have said those words. God forbid that you said those words. But I can see how you would. Something can feel so good that at the moment you couldn't imagine it being wrong. Because could wrong feel this good? Um, have you ever heard the song Feelings? You want me to sing a couple of bars of it? Feelings. All I have is feelings. Da, 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 da. Instead of thinking of my song now, you'll be singing that the rest of the time. Ever heard a song, I Got Married in a Fever? Hotter than a pepper sprout. One of the world's most famous duets of all duets, this is the most famous duet of all duets, it's by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. I bet you know what it is, especially the women. Islands in the stream. Here, here is uh, a section of the words of that. It says, islands in the stream, that is what we are. You want me to sing it? No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me to another world. And we'll rely on each other. Uh-huh. And I go, uh-oh. It would be nice if you could take all your troubles and go, we'll just fly away. But that's not the real life. There's another song by a guy by the name of Engelberg Humperdinck. What a name. 
Engelbert Humberdink says, uh, did a song called, Please release me, let me go. Here's some words for this. this for, I don't love you anymore. To waste our lives would be a sin. Release me, let me go. He had another lover. And I'm thinking he's probably talking to his wife. And he said, I found another woman who's better than you, and I really don't love you anymore. I, I've had people sitting in front of my office say, I don't love him anymore. I said, well, you loved me when you got married. Yeah, but I don't love him anymore. Love, in the definition of the kind of love that you're supposed to have for your husband, is not transient. What you're saying is, I don't like him anymore. Well, that's doable. That's doable. I can live with somebody I don't like. But love is a commitment of loyalty. I love my country. I'm willing to die for my country. But I'm going to tell you what, when them boys were in them LSTs and they were seasick going up to Saipan uh, ready to make a landing and they could hear the bullets hitting that door and winging over their head like angry bumblebees. And this is an exact description of my dad. And people were throwing up. They were crying, cry, ask, cr calling out for their mothers when that door dropped and the sound of a bullet hitting a body begins to happen as those as they were sighted in on that beach, and they began and blood filled the water like he said solid red, and the blood ran down the beach into the ocean. Bodies laying everywhere. Uh, you don't like that, but he loved his country. You you see the difference when you get married. You say I love you. That means I'm willing to die for you. I may not even like you, for it's all over. I hope that's not you, because you don't have to end not liking your husband or wife, but you, whether you do, when I got, when I got took my vows, it was for good, bad, or ugly. The three stages of life. Do I look like I looked at like when I looked when I was I got married twenty at nineteen years old? I've changed it a lot. I'm into the ugly stage. Do you see something wrong with those messages and those songs? Do you see something wrong with even if it's Pat Boone's daughter? Do you see something wrong with those messages? Do you know those messages are preaching? You say, I don't like preaching. Well, then quit listening to the TV, quit listening to the watching movies, and quit listening to anything else because they're all preaching. Everything out there is trying to convince you of something. There are hundreds of songs, yea, thousands of songs, propagating the philosophy of trusting your feelings over trusting principles. Man, there's a battleground right there. Feelings versus principles. There is literally a propaganda war going on since the Garden of Eden. Both God and Satan want to communicate with you. God wants to communicate with you. He really does. But so does Satan. But both God and Satan have different, radically different messages to talk or to tell you about. And if I may say, they have different methods of getting to you. I want to take a quick look at Genesis and then review Matthew 4 a little bit. Genesis 3 and Matthew 4, but take your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 3, and we'll read those verses, and I'll summarize Matthew 4, which is the temptation of Jesus. So two large, temp two big temptations in the Bible. 
temptation of Eve and the temptation of Jesus. Had Jesus failed, we'd, we'd, be in, we'd be in unsavable condition right now. Satan's method of getting his message to Eve was the same method he used on Jesus. Same exact method. It worked on Eve. It did not work on Jesus. And now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He questioned the specificity of God's word. That's why I'm against multiple these multiplication of versions of the Bible. Because when I go to a group of people that, that are looking at 4, 5, 6, 8, 10, 15, 20, 30 versions, they don't all read alike, and consequently you lose your specificity. The word of God, Jesus said, my words are going to remain. And so, Immediately, he, he, and this is what's going on today, he is trying to confuse the specificity of God's word. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She wasn't reading the old King James Bible. She was reading the EIV. That's it. Eve's international version. And the servant said to the woman, you shall surely die. You shall surely not die. Excuse me. God said you shall surely die. And now Satan feels bold enough where he can just completely contradict God. Because he sees that she's fuzzy on what really God has said about the whole thing. And so it says, you shall not surely die. For God know the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's got to be good. If it feels so good, how could it be wrong? And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that pleasant to the eyes, and to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it to her husband with her, and he did eat. Some observances of this well-worn passage, and I know it's well-worn. Everybody should understand and have read this passage, and you've heard it preached all kinds of ways. We are made up, according to the Bible, of body, soul, and spirit. That's the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 13. Uh, body, soul, and spirit. That's what the Bible says. We're made up of a trilogy. It's interesting, the triunity of God in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And yet you can't separate one from another without destroying the whole. You understand how that works? You can't separate the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father without destroying the whole. They're one, yet they are manifested in three distinct units or essence. And so we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Now body starts out, that's this, soul you can't see. That's kind of my heart, my emotions, center of my emotions. And then body, soul, and spirit is my will. That's my will. That's the thing that says yes or no to stuff. So it comes to my body, it goes to my soul, it ends up in my will. Right? You see the progression on it. Satan works from the outside in. Satan works from the outside in. I'm convinced this morning why I've had so much resistance to this is because he's hating what I'm doing right now. 
Satan likes to work in the background, likes to work over your ignorance, just like he did Eve's ignorance. He likes Eve to be ignorant, so she, he, can, he can manipulate her. And he wants you to be ignorant of the way he works. And hopefully this morning, when you leave here, you will never be ignorant of the way temptation is thrown at you. It is outside in. Why? Well, I don't think Satan has access to the spirit. I do think he has access to suggestions, and he can make suggestions, but he don't know what you're thinking, and he doesn't, he doesn't really know how you're going to decide on stuff. There's no indication in scriptures he has any of that kind of power. In fact, there's indication otherwise. And so Satan starts at the outside. When he begins to tempt us, he starts with the body. And let me define that as senses. You have five senses. Some of you girls think you have six, but I think you got five. Uh, I don't know what they all are, but I could probably name them on a quick list here. But um, my wife only has four senses. She cannot smell. And that has really made our marriage good. Never complains about my breath being bad. Never complains about my body odor. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. First thing you ought to do is go get that nerve burnt so you have no smell. It'll help your marriage. Also, she doesn't like to eat because food has not much taste to her. So that's how I stay thin. That works in many, many different ways. And that was all free. So he starts at the senses, the outside. And, and what did he start with Eve? Uh, look at that. Look at that other. Look at that verse there. He says in uh, verse 6 there. Let me go to verse 6. Uh, when the woman saw the tree was good for food. Good for food. He started where? Outside. He started working with the body. Her, her appetite for food. She saw that it was something for the body. It started with what the, we learn later in the scriptures in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. It starts with the lust of the flesh. Satan begins to appeal to your senses. Now just try to sit there and meditate on this a little bit. The food that is good to eat for the body, how could that be wrong? He says, look at that. That is going to be good. That is a rib. I mean, you know, I could make you hungry before lunch here describing a little bit of food you guys like. Amen. And, and so, but she had access to all other kinds of fruit, but that was forbidden her. And that is good to eat. He, he, he appealed to her eyes. It was pleasant to the eyes. Look at verse 6. Pleasant to the eyes. He appealed. So he went from the body, food. He went into the eyes, and the eyes had access to the soul, which, which creates an emotional response. And how could something so, that looked so beautiful be bad for you, like little Debbie's. You ever take a little Debbie out of a package? Brother Martin Dale, good to see you, by the way. Prayed for you last night. But a uh, little package, take them little Debbie out. If I took a little Debbie out here and held before you, there'd be a lot of lusting going on in this place. Now, some of you don't care for little Debbie's, but you care for something. Maybe a raw spinach or something. It's hard for me to talk like that. But a little Debbie. How about an ice cream snicker bar? Doc, you like them? Oh, who doesn't, man? I mean, you know? 
I'd be worried about somebody who came to me and said, I don't like ice cream Snicker bar. I'd be worried about you. Ice cream Snicker bar is simply the best food on earth. I don't know how they did it. I don't care what's in it. It's fabulous. I can't eat them because peanuts are a migraine trigger. <laughs> you should feel bad for me. And uh, so we, we starts from the outside with the food. Then it, she looks at it and she said, I don't know what that fruit was, but I can tell you it must have been like a little Debbie or like an, an, a Snicker bar. They look good. And they look, the lust of the eyes and lust of flesh go hand in hand. And then he appealed, after he appealed to the body and the soul, he appealed to the spirit. This will make you wise. This will make you wise. This isn't just going to taste good. This just doesn't look good. It is actually going to be beneficial for you. Now, you think of the temptations that have come in you, and if they don't come this way, come on. You think, oh, when the devil comes by you, he don't do this to you, even now. And I, we need to carefully learn this progression from the outside in. Same as temptation. Go to, you don't have to go to Matthew 4, but if you want to go to Matthew 4, I'm not going to read the passage. Matthew 4, the devil comes and he tempts Jesus in three ways. Same way he tempted Eve. He, Jesus has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible said he got real hungry. And so what's Satan's first move? Take these stones and make them bread. If, 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 if you're the Son of God. Well, the Son of God had been given real specific instructions not to use his power except in what he and the Father had agreed on to use. And he, Satan tried to get him to disagree with the Father's instructions on using the power as being God manifested flesh. And so he says, take that stone, make it bread. It's for food. It's got to be good for you. You haven't eaten in 40 days, 40 nights. He was probably emaciated. And he said, no. And he took him up to a high place. And said, if you, you know, the Bible says if you cast yourself down, the angels will bury you up. That appealed to his emotions. Your important emotions. Why God cares about me if I threw myself down? He said, no. Then he took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The, I call it the first special effects in the Bible. Special effects are not new. The Satan has the ability to do special effects. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, the Bible said. Quickly. And he says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I own all this and I'll give it to you. He goes, that was, what was that appeal to? His spirit. And so Satan comes to him with a temptation of body. He says no. He comes to him with a temptation of the soul. He says no. He comes to him with a temptation of the spirit. And he says no. And he kept going back to the Bible. How did Jesus defeat all that? The first temptation, he quoted scripture. Second temptation, he quoted scripture. Third temptation, he quoted scripture. Maybe it'd be a good idea for you and I to learn some scripture. Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe why you fall in temptations because you can't quote scripture because in, in, in your mind you can't think of a good reason why not to take that snicker bar or why not to move 
But brother, when you quote the Bible, when things come my way, I, I want scriptures, I want to have the scriptures so inculcated, so inundated, so saturated. Man, that's, a, that's an outline right there. That all I can think of is Bible. I want my blood to flow bibline, as C.H. Spurgeon said. To where, when, when the saint comes by, I just say, well, God has said. And by the way, I don't want to be fuzzy about it. I want to memorize it word perfect. Well, his spirit ruled, didn't it? Jesus' spirit ruled. And you know what the Bible says? If we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Do you scratch your head a little bit on what that means? Walk in the spirit. That means you're, let, your, let your innermost being, your spirit, make the decisions based on principle. The spirit doesn't make decisions based on emotion. The spirit doesn't make a, 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 a decisions based on it feels so good, it can't be wrong. It's not those soul and spirit decisions. It's a spirit. It's not a soul and body decision. It's a spirit decision. I'm going to get that right. And so if you go back to your spirit and say, yes, the body is crying to you, eat it, eat it, eat it. It's the best thing you ever saw. The soul is saying it'll be good for you. It's got to be. Spirit says that, that well, every time the devil comes by your house, Review the consequences for your decision. Oh, I wish Eve had taken a moment and reviewed the consequences. How about you? How many times husbands have committed adultery on their wife simply in the heat of the body, the heat of the soul, but their spirit the whole time was crying, Stop! 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 But that voice got drowned out by the other two consequences don't let that be you don't let it be you you can win against temptation you can be we are more than conquerors him that loved us the bible says in john 6 63 it's the spirit that quicken it that's makes it make it alive the flesh profiteth nothing the words that i speak unto you their spirit and their life romans 8 13, 14 says, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit, this is it, do mortify the things of the body, ye shall live. Look it up yourself. Romans 8, 13, meditate on it. Roll that baby over in your mind. Listen to me. You're not here on earth living for your body. You're never going to prosper fulfilling the lusts of the flesh or the lusts of the eyes or the pride of life. You're only going to prosper when you fulfill the will of God. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 1 John 2.17 and other places. For as many, this is verse 14 of chapter 8 of Romans, for as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God works, however, from the inside out. That's the way Satan works. Now we're on part two, by the way. The way God works. How does God work? He works from the inside out to reach us. And Satan doesn't have access from the inside out, praise the Lord. God does. I believe Satan knows your personalities and characteristics and habits and likes and dislikes of people. I think it's sometimes you think he can, he can almost guess what you're going to do by the way you express yourself. 
but he really has no access to your spirit. God begins his work opposite him. He begins in the spirit. I'm going to try to bring a truth out for you this morning. It's not popular. But if, if I ever worried about popularity, I, 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 you know, long time ago I threw that out the window. I don't want to be, I'm not going to be popular, but I am going to be truthful to you. And I am going to warn you. If I love you, I will warn you. There is a diamondback rattlesnake in this section right here. Look at your feet. Everybody look at their feet. God begins to work from the inside. He draws men to himself. John 6, 44 says, No man comes to me except the Father me, uh, the, who has sent the Father who has sent me draw him. In John 12, 32, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. God begins to speak to our spirits with the Holy Spirit in conviction, in illumination about the Word of God, about our jeopardy, our sin. Most you, you that are saved in here know exactly what I'm talking about. You have to get lost before you even care to get saved. And then the will, the Spirit agrees with the Word of God as the Holy Spirit has explained it to you. And then your heart, your emotions, complements what the Spirit has already said is good. I'm gonna, Yes, this is right. I'm going to ask Jesus. And so you trust and ask Jesus to save you. Now here's, here's the process. Your Spirit says yes to the Gospel. That creates an emotional response of being forgiven from all your sins and having a home in heaven. That creates a good feeling to the body because now the if because if the soul's happy, your then you're oftentimes your body's happy and your spirit. Your spirit, your soul, and your body are all happy when you get saved. And sometimes people have big emotional outbursts when they get saved, sometimes they don't. Uh, there was a pastor said one time, he went to this guy's house, led him to Jesus. The guy never cracked a smile, never said nothing, said thank you for coming over, prayed with him to get saved, nothing happened that he could see. He went down the road, gave the gospel to another guy. The guy got up, his wife and he went around the house, raising their hand, praising God, hitting his hands together, having a big old time. He said five years later, the guy that was real emotional, you couldn't even find him anymore, didn't go to church anymore, completely dropped out. He said the guy that was unemotional, a deacon. It went on for God his whole life. You can't judge the quality of somebody's uh, uh, salvation by, uh, by this outside stuff. It comes to what really happens in here. The people in New England, up in Rhode Island especially, are a state group of folks. State meaning serious-minded folks don't really express themselves emotionally a lot. That's what people tell me. They're just as saved, love the Lord just as much, as the old, as the old uh, Shouting Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina that I went to for four years where they threw their Bibles up in the air and some of them would take a lap around the building. Both groups was fine. It was fine to get emotional like that. Nothing wrong with that. They held their hands up, praise God. That was all good. But the problem was the center of it all is what's the matter. It was what matters. It was it all. It was serious by their lives proved that it had been a spirit decision by God, through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and they got saved from their spirit, which then went to their soul, to the body. I hate to say it, sometimes that's an arduous process. 
when people you're talking to people about Jesus. Uh, the church, in many places, has taken a shortcut. They didn't get the results. The preaching of the Bible didn't get the results that they wanted to get. And so they said, there's got to be a way we can get results. So how can we get results faster? At least visible results. And they started bringing in, guess what? Rock and roll music. I mean, it had a beat. Got people excited. The words were 7-Eleven. Seven words repeated 11 times. I mean, they just had, they brought in worship leader. We never knew what a worship leader worshiped them. I, I didn't know you guys needed to be chummed. Brother, if you're a born-again Christian, you can say, uh, Jesus loves me, and that I'm, I'm getting, already beginning to get, it's going to my, it's coming from my spirit to my emotions to my body. A Christian's emotions ought to begin in the spirit and go to the body. The problem with modern Christianity today, a lot of these modern churches, is it starts at the body. Just like rock and roll does to the, to the unsaved. It's, think about it this way. 45 minutes of, woo-hoo-hoo. Woo. Have you ever been to a pep rally? I used to be playing a football team. I know you have a time believing that. But I used to play a football team. We had pep rallies. And we'd have, we had 3,000 kids in our high school. And you put 3,000 kids in a gym screaming and yelling, rah, 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 shish, goom, bah, girls with bond, what are they, bond bonds, those aren't, those aren't bond bonds, bond bonds, in short dresses, and I'm going to tell you what, we got excited, we want to go out and kill somebody, but it started outside, they worked on us from the outside, we went in there, when we first went in the pep rally, everybody was real mild, man, kind of, okay, here we go again, another pep rally, by the end of that rally, woo, but it didn't last, as soon as the, Hoopla quit, we quit. And what's happening in Christianity is Christian pastors and leaders are adopting the method of Satan to try to get their people, what they believe, the fruit of what they're shooting for is to get people excited about Jesus. The problem is that kind of excitement, when the music quits, dies. Because it's sustained by the outside. My Christianity is not sustained by the outside. It's sustained by the inside. You're with me on this? Complete different angle. And now let me put the cap on this. Okay? When we see all that going on, the outside in Christianity is like riding a roller coaster. You get on a roller coaster, you're relatively calm. It starts slow, doesn't it? The roller coaster kind of goes tick, 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 vertical, tick, 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 and then the screaming starts. Woo! You! Woo! 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 That describes the modern church service in many places. They get off the roller coaster, they go right back to what they were before, besides being sick. They go back to going from, oh, well, I'm back to my normal person. But let me tell you the difference between that and spiritual excitement. Spiritual excitement starts in the spirit, based on the word of God. And that is like an internal heater. And it just keeps you fired up. 
Now, you're not out there running around, painting your shoes together, going up. But, brother, when they ask for somebody to go soul winning, you're, you're all over. When they ask somebody to help do the bus ministry, you're all over. When they ask somebody to go to nursing home that, that isn't all that pleasant watching somebody drool out of the side of their mouth, smelling like poop. I've been in nursing home plenty. And there ain't a whole lot of, whoo, this is wonderful, like the beach. But it's the right thing to do. It's not wonderful when, when old brother not, I saw him with a tiny jacket, and I was glad to see you did that. But when he came this morning, he didn't have no tiny jacket because he knew he was going to get soaking wet on that bus as he drove a bus this morning. And he came in here, and he came to my Sunday school class. He said, okay, if I lead singing without a tiny jacket, I said, I looked at him, he was wet. I said, sure, come on. But it's not okay for this. And he, he knew. But it's not, it's, you don't get, that's in, that ministry's inside out, brother. The excitement of that ministry comes from inside and goes out. See, what happens with the outside in is if you don't excite me from the outside, I don't want any part of it. We have people from those churches visit this church and say, oh, your music is dead. All that music, that old music of yours, that hymns are so dead. That's, folks, are you kidding me? Those hymns are full of power and life and messages, if you knew anything about where they come from, the words have been time-tested and proven and sanctified and sealed of the Holy Ghost himself over generations of born-again Christians. And when you sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound is saved, a wretch like me, you stir my spirit up. And it goes to my soul and eventually to my body. I don't have to be worked up to worship God. Excuse the phrase. Brother, I, you can never crack a smile or show any emotions. As a born-again Christian, I'm good with you. I'm good with you. As long as your life demonstrates passion for God. You with me? Your life demonstrates a passion for God. My wife don't care whether I go and tell her every day. I've seen this, by the way. I'm a, I, you don't know anybody I'm talking about. But let me say, I've seen a marriage where both the husband and the wife kept telling each other they loved each other, loved each other. Oh, you're sweet. I love you. Oh, you're wonderful. I love you. And then got divorced. I want to kick them in the rear. And say, quit saying you love each other and just stay married. I've known marriages where the guy said he loved her when he got married. He never said it again. And she said, why don't you tell me you love me? And he says, well, when it changes, I'll tell you. But he was faithful. He was true. He was loyal. He had all the fruit of the kind of love any woman would want. But maybe she didn't get her fluff, but she got substance. You know the difference? It feels so good, it can't be wrong. That's fluff. That's passing. But brother, when you get the Spirit of God and the Word of God and you make a decision and it's inside and it's real, that will last 
Well, here, here's where it'll last. Let me I'm end with this. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus' sweet, sweet instructions to that church. He says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. All I can tell you, all that 45 minutes of worship and praise music goes zip like helium out of a balloon. You mean I got to suffer? You mean, you, 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 you mean to tell me that I'm going to go to prison for Jesus? I, I, whoa, 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 whoa. You mean, you mean I got to feel bad? I got to feel bad? People come out of here sometimes and say, brother, Man, I just not I just did not feel good in your service. I just I just felt bad. And I say, good. That's a really good sign. I'm not here to titillate you. God wants to grab a hold of you and change you and make you into his image. This is life and death important, eternally important. There's no fluff in what God's trying to do. And it's not a feel-good deal. It can feel good, but it's not really about feeling good. Here's why. Philippians, you can look at it later. As Brother Moon would say, Philippines. I love you, Brother Moon. That was beautiful. Didn't think I remembered that, did you? thought I was getting seen out. I remember all that stuff. We're going to do a roast on Moon. I'm keeping a record of all that stuff. Philippines, chapter 1, verse 29. Philippians. For unto you it is given behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, what's the rest of the word say? But also to suffer for his sake. What? I thought this was supposed to be happy. I want to be happy. I want to have fun. All a girl wants to do is have fun. Don't marry one of them. 1 Thessalonians 3, 4 says it this way, Verily, when, ye were, when, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass. Now look, that's just a sampling of all the verses in the Bible and New Testament, especially that tell us we're going to suffer for his sake. Blessed are you when you suffer for his sake. Now folks, if you get the mindset that the modern church is getting where it's got to be pleasing to the flesh, pleasing to the emotions, and if it isn't, something's wrong, then what are you going to do when God puts you in a position of suffering for his namesake? You're going to say, well, something must not be right. I don't like this. I'm not going to do this. This isn't part of what, I didn't bargain for this. This wasn't in the package. You with me? But if you take it God's way from the inside out, there's nothing can stop you. Nothing. Death cannot stop you. Torture cannot stop you. Suffering cannot stop you. I believe if you understand this, principles of temptation, that you'll be much less susceptible to discouragement and more long-term victory will come into your life. And if I may say, when trouble comes, and not if, when trouble comes, 
You will not get disillusioned by the hard times. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go, oh, happy day, I'm having trouble. What are you, crazy? Nobody wants trouble. Nobody wants suffering. Nobody wants tribulation. But Jesus said, you will. I promise you, you will have it if you live for me in this world. They're not going to be. This world is not a friend of grace to bring, take me on to God. And and when we you just heard that in this last election you heard you heard them coming out of the closet on that didn't you? They want to ban us. They want to relegate us into a building like this. And we we need as long as we don't go outside in their world and talk about Jesus and the Bible, they're good with that. But brother, they want to take us out of everything, every little vesture of Jesus. They want to take out of the courts, out of the schools, out of every government building. They don't even want the sign of the Ten Commandments. It bothers them. Tell me what's wrong with the Ten Commandments. It's interesting, the school shootings and things that have happened since they've ripped God out of school. No wonder. I'm not surprised. The only thing I'm surprised about, it hasn't happened a lot more. But when losses come, when pain comes, setbacks come for the cause of Christ, you will stand having done all to stand. Because you'll understand that this salvation thing is from my spirit out. My body may not like it. My soul emotions may not like it. But my spirit loves it. My spirit loves it. And I'm going to go with it until Jesus takes me home. Oh, make that decision early. And when you, when you girls, some of you girls aren't married, some of you boys ain't married. I hope you get married. Have a lot of kids. Name them Billy. Sweet Willie would be good. I hope somebody named somebody Sweet Willie. But anyway, when you meet that boy and he's handsome and he's whimsical and he's funny. Oh, yeah, girls like funny. She's, oh, he's so funny. Oh, wow. That's real deep. Oh, he makes me laugh. Oh, wow. How about, does he have a job? Does he work? Does he like to work? Because you're going to do it the rest of your life. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, shut up. You got to work. Whatever pain you got, you have to work. The old World War II depression people, that was their philosophy. Ultimately, you have to work because you have to eat. Eat will motivate you to work. And I say, girl, is he a born-again Christian? Well, I don't know. You don't know. The most important things in, of the whole thing is whether he knows Jesus really and whether he believes the Bible is the Word of God and wants to follow it and is saved from the inside out. Oh, my God, get, may God give us. May he give us wisdom on this. Father, help us this morning. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you you let me do this. We pray that the powers of the devil may be reduced today, be hindered today by the preaching of the Bible. Father, we pray that folks in here may understand. Some of these people may have been, wouldn't be surprising, victims of this situation. Help us now to just take courage and to trust in the living God who made heaven and earth. I think of Job in 1315, he said, though he slay me, 
yet will I trust in Him. That's about as far down as you're going to get. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. That was a spirit. Brother, that had nothing to do with the body. That had nothing to do with the emotions. That was a spirit statement. The spirit's what's eternal, what's never going to die. And the spirit said, though we slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Father, help us to be that way today. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you never even understood this today. Meditate about these things. There be, may, may be one in this room knows not Jesus, their personal Savior. They've heard the truth. They've heard the gospel, but they've never really nailed it down. May today they let us know about that so we can show them like we were shown how to be saved out of the gospel. Father, may this be the day of their birth. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.